<laughs> Welcome to another fine show. This is the Mass Event Podcast. My name is Kaleem. I'm so excited to be with you. It's going to be a special show, isn't it? All these shows are only special, man. Wow. Okay, so let's have a look at the topics we're going to be covering today. We're going to be speaking about love letters. Have you ever written one? I've written and received a few over the course of many, many years. Okay, we're also going to be making time um, to speak about Kasi culture. We're going to be getting into it. I was listening to this Kasi rap song, man, uh, by the name of uh, what do you call this thing? It's, it's Prince Shadow, and it was a letter to his ex. Oh, it was a crazy crazy song i also going to be touching on co-parenting and the cost of life why would we leave out will smith and maybe touch into the reasons as to why did we actually did i leave secunda <laughs> it's going to be a bit of a personal episode and then there's going to be a bit of story time guys thank you so much this is the mass event podcast my name is kaleem let's get right into it episodes are coming out later than they should but i've been having a lot of fun guys i hope you guys had a good week it's a special special episode today because wherever you are listening just know that i recorded this on my birthday i am turning a year older and we were supposed to have a guest <laughs> to go host the show today but for reasons not yet manifested amor decided not to grace us with her presence but it's fine we move, we have fun. <laughs> love letters. Yeah. Love letters. Look at me. So my story of writing goes a bit further back than most people. I've been writing letters and quite a few things since I was still in middle school and then high school. That's where that's where I pretty much stopped. But I've been writing, I've been writing, hoping that one day, you know. If I use these words, beautiful words, I'll be able to win over someone's heart. <laughs> I did. I did. And the same words also cost me someone's heart, you know, <laughs> not knowing when to stop. <laughs> but it's fine, guys. I just want to speak about how effective are they? You know, sometimes there's hearts that you want to do whatever it takes in order to win over. We write all these fancy words. We write, you, you, you just put everything to, to a rhythm. You close your eyes and you, you just want to capture the feeling of what a person makes you. My partner used to ensure that every single time she came over to visit, she would write a letter. And I've kept all those letters for a special purpose. I mean, it's so awkward when other people are finding these letters because... It's, it's, it's so special to me because it always refers to how her weekend was when she was with me. So it's so inspiring coming in and then finding a note on, on your bed 
somebody telling you about a summary. Huh? It feels like a summary of what has actually happened. So, <laughs> if it was a tough weekend, there will also be a comment in there on some, yeah, no, we did fight, but the company was important. You see? <laughs> so, it was, it was a good, it is a good experience when that happens. Love letters. In, in, in the movies, we always see, uh, especially when the soldiers are away, they're going to be writing home, sending out letters to the people that they love. But do we actually read those letters? Because we've become a dumbed-down generation, haven't we? I mean, the fact that people now are intolerant to read more than 500 characters. Tweets and statuses have, have dumbed us down in such a great way. When somebody sends you what we deem as a long letter, we don't bother to read and there's nothing as infuriating as you typing something of substance and a person just gives you a two-word response on some okay thanks and the thanks is written with an X. Could you, could you imagine that? <laughs> and people see absolutely nothing wrong with it. It, it, it. it blows my mind. So the reason why I want to speak about a love letter is I once had an experience where I wrote a love letter. Now this was... Hey, this is story time, guys. This was a very weird time in my life. So I wrote a love letter, and the person that I wrote it for, I never sent it. Because I had convinced myself that there's nothing that I could do to turn the way that the person feels. They would write something, and the person would say, you, you and your story. So immediately you find yourself a bit discouraged, don't you? And I wrote this letter and I sent it through to it. Uh, I sent it through to myself on email because I wanted to send it on a special day because I was I, I was going to be out of out of uh, her sight for quite a, quite a moment. And then when I have to forward it through to her, hey, the guava stroke, <laughs> I, it hit me. You know that old man that we all have. Or I don't know if it's just me, but there's an old man inside of us who constantly makes sure that she reminds us uh, he reminds us of any penalty that you're about to go for. You know, the same guy who reminds you before you're about to do a crime, he gives you the, the, the sentence. The same guy who gives you all of the, the potential circumstances or situations that are going to come out after you approach again. The guababa. Well, I'm coming from the HDC, so I So I had this old man <laughs> and you always convinced me that nah, it's not worth it. If she said no the first time, I no no slides that sorts. So I kept this letter. And then a few years back, I, 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 I referred to the very same letter. I came across it and I was like, yo, 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 yo. I was deep inside. And out of curiosity, I wanted to send through the, the letter to the person. Just to see what reaction I would have. So I initiated the conversation. It's like, hey, hey, hey. By the way, you know there's this thing I was supposed to give you. But I never had the guts to. Would you like to read it? And the person was, yeah, 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 of course, sure, send it to me. Just before I was to send, the old man came again. He was on some uh, chief. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to end up on screenshots. And your sad little moments will be shared. And then you're going to be a laughing stock of the, <laughs> of the entire community. So 
never send those letters. Letters to a poet or letters to somebody who, who enjoys writing good, good content. It's like nudes. It's not things that you should be sharing with anyone. So, <laughs> so uh, needless to say, I, I kept my notes in the form of a letter. I never sent it. I think I'm going to have it in such a way that I'm probably going to have it as part of my will. That when I die, this letter must then be released. So that person could actually discover what it is that I, that I, that I um, felt for, for them at that time. But for now, we'll just relax. So, I want to encourage you. Most of you, I'm assuming, have partners. Or at least are in complica complicated situations. <laughs> Drinks tea. <laughs> no, honestly. I, I want to challenge you. Just to measure the, the effect of what a love letter is. And guys, this is for fun. This is just fun research. Let me know, man. Let me know in the comment section of wherever you get in this platform. Uh, let me know via WhatsApp. Uh, I've shared the WhatsApp number. Just, 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 just let me know as to what was the, the response <laughs> that people gave you after you've written that 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 love letter. It doesn't have to be anything um, super long. Just make it a sweet message. Huh? Let's see if these things really work like they do in the movies. I, I'm, I'm just curious, I'm just curious where you get to sit down and write, put your heart on a piece of paper and you wait to see what they're going to be actually meaning to the next person. I wonder, I wonder. Alright, moving right along, don't have segues today because I'm, I'm, I'm still disappointed that my co-host isn't here. So please bear with me, bear with me. So the cost of lives, guys. Everything has become so expensive. I mean, I went into a grocery store, I've said this before, and I felt poor. By no means, by no means am I broke. But the fact that I went to buy one of my favorite things, mayonnaise, a bottle of mayonnaise, guys. Né? I went into uh, YouSave, and they were charging 40 rands, 39 rands, 99, for a single bottle of Cross and Blackwell mayonnaise. Or mayonnaise to some people. No, no, this, this, no, no, ah, no, ah, you. When did we become so seriously? These prices were literally out of this world. So I benchmark my groceries according to a few items. I know the price range of that store for me to weigh out whether it's averagely priced, it's expensive or not. So when you're going into you safe. You are expecting certain things to be cheaper. To me, every single store that I go in and I, I feel like I'm profiled. I feel, I feel like they're treating me like a, like a criminal. I, I believe it has every right and my expectation is that it must be cheaper. What do you mean I treat it like a criminal? A store, when you come in, they say you must have a personal counter. You say it doesn't even care for a parcel counter. They refuse for you to go into the store. And then they just point out a, a shady, uh, dirty corner. They say to you, you must put your bag there. Imagine. I, 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 I hate, I detest going into stores that make me feel like I'm a criminal. Like my intentions there to shoplift or something. I hate those stores. So when I'm going there, it's, it's, it's probably because either I'm too far from real grocery stores or... Um, it's late and they are a store of convenience. But the fact that I have to now leave my belongings 
not even in a dedicated area, just putting them on the floor. Whether it's raining or not, there's no effort. It shows us just how how they see us as black people. My my, my recent experiences, I was looking for Malamohodu, tripe, one of my favorite meals. So there's a, a butcher by the name of Midworld. No? So I, I knew of this place and I was speaking with a few colleagues to say, guys, you know what, no, I, I want to have some some hood. Where can I get it? They said, no, there's a decent pack that you can get from this uh, so-and-so place. Just just go and see what they have for you. And there am I, working in casually. So I have my bag, which if you see me, I, I have my bag every single way. Um, hey, and I have valuables in there. And I walk into the store and this lady, you... Hey, this 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 big bone lady comes dashing for me, eh? And then she says to me, "I saw put up with you. You can't come in and beg." Imagine. And then I ask why. She says to me, "No, they don't allow it. Who doesn't allow it? No, 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 no. The management here. And and, and, and this whole time, as I'm doing this thing, there's a white man looking over, um, trying to see what 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 is happening here." And then I say to her, but I have my money inside the bag. She says, no, but you're going to have to take it out. I'm saying to her, but you, you, you're seriously making me uncomfortable over this. I, I, I am not happy with this fact. He says to me, they don't allow the bag. So if you want to come in, you need to leave the bag. And if you know me, I guess I, I, I love my Mohodu. So I, I decided for that moment, you know what? Hey, Mohodu is worth it. I'm, I'm, I'm being dehumanized. I, I honestly feel like my dignity has been thrown away. Yeah, the things I'm willing to do for Mahodu. So there I went into the store. And then as I'm shopping and I'm realizing, once again, the cost of life is hitting me. I'm looking at the packet of Mama Obana. You know, I benchmark according to the way things are supposed to be. This thing I used to buy it on average for 33 rands a kilo. Then it went up to 36. But it was now at 40 rands. I could not believe it. It was extremely expensive. And I started looking out for other things within the store. And I started realizing, no, 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 no. A person has become broke. The cost of life has become so expensive. Even the things that we used to say we're going to hide from uh, brokenness from are becoming themselves expensive. I don't know whether it's a, it's a case of demand, which is pushing um, the, the prices higher. I do not know. But all I know is that the way we're experiencing these things isn't fair. So I go into the store and continue with my shopping. And this wasn't the, the first experience. I'm going to touch on Bumalanga what happened as well. So I go into the store. And while I'm in the queue, so I took my mohodu and I took a few biscuits, my conscience is raining in on me to say, but why do I have to dehumanize myself? There's something that I, I, by principle, I'm not comfortable with. And this is the notion that as a person, I now have to put my belongings aside with a stranger of whom I've expressed that I keep my money in there because I don't use a wallet. Now, I have to continue making them believe it's right to treat black people the way they're treating them. What nonsense is that? I mean, I use a lot of grocery stores. Mostly it's stores right next to um, the white suburbs. And there's two things that they do not do. They do not prevent you from going in with your bag. 
they can monitor you from all angles with the camera and send securities after you. But as long as they say nothing or doing nothing to you, you know what? It's better. It's better being profiled than somebody actually acting on it. That disrespect. The second thing, they don't check your sleep as you go out. And th this blows my mind. You go to a store and spend three, four thousand and go out of a store. This little nonsense thing that they do, where it took you 10 minutes to scan your groceries, and it's going to take a person a minute to scan through, as if he can see all of the articles that are there. It's just a redundant thing. But they do it in, 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 in Kasi stores. They do it to black people because that is the programming that continues since the apartheid era. They see us as criminals, but yet they have come into the locations because they want our money. It's not a matter of, of convenience that they've came into our areas. It's not a matter that they, 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 they want to help us. It's not that, that they're building malls in our locations, in our townships. We easily would have been able to survive and thrive and build our own businesses while doing that. But it's because they want to profile us. They don't trust us, but yet they want to take our money because we are a huge player when it comes to the economy. The market share, whoever owns the black market share, really is making a fortune. Just look at ShopRite. They've positioned themselves for Duga Af more towards the black, um, black people. That's the market that they're trading for. And as a result, they're the biggest retailer in Africa. They're making billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions, as Trump would say. There's so many billions that they're making. So but they continue the very same thing. And it's not a loss prevention strategy that they're pushing. They, 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 they disrespect us. So my friends would know that I'll be damned if I have to go and use um, Lokshin grocery stores. I only go there, as I said, for a matter of an emergency or a great inconvenience. Because the notion that I am being profiled, that a person wants to check my slip, for what? As a customer, I'm not taken seriously. And the very same uh, uh, um, banner of store, if you were to leave and go into a different area, you're not going to get the same treatment, I promise you. It only happens where there's a black dominance in the population. And I'm speaking for all grocery stores. Whether it's a pick and pay, whether it's a shop, right? Okay, I've not seen a lot of Woolies <laughs> location. I don't know if they would be doing the same. I mean, uh, they, 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 they are a higher level, higher service store. But uh, every single grocery store, when it moves into the location, that's how it treats you. So they're here to take your money, but they want you to be treated like a criminal. You're not allowed to go in with bags as if you're going to be going there and then loading up with bags. I've heard situations where people wanted to search me. Could you imagine that? And I cannot, I cannot subject myself to such disrespect. These are the things that I want you to think about when working to the store. Just have a look at it. They don't respect you as a person. They're just there to make a profit out of you. And it's not a capitalist system. This is racism at its best. There are stores which do it unilaterally, and I implore them for it. But you know what the programming does? When you are standing behind a white person, just observe. You're going to find a security guard groveling. 
oh very sorry for the inconvenience uh, uh, yeah no we just want to check your sleep and then you come <laughs> yeah clever just sleep <laughs> so that's that's the, generally the conduct that we're having <laughs> we are subjected to, to so many things which you shouldn't and it forms part of Kasi culture I was in Bumalanga so I, I wasn't far from where I used to live there's a pick and peg where I was living in Sekunda so I went to the very same um, pick and pay. So I had my bag with me. And I walk in. I had my headsets blaring. I'm on a conversation. And I'm going in. All right. As I walk in, I'm going to the bakery. I'm hungry. I want some food. I'm not even paying no mind to this. I don't know whether it's a um, trolley patroller uh, or it's a security card. I don't know. All I know is that he was wearing a reflector. So I'm there on a conversation. And you know, there's this feeling you get when somebody is chasing you or running after you. I had this feeling, and I was like, okay, let me turn back. And then this person is, 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 is running, and then I turn around. Okay, there's this man, and he says, um, that thing is not allowed. And then he walks back as if I'm supposed to follow him. I continue with my shopping. Then there's a lady who's mopping the floor. It's like, it back again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I've just done something impossible. I made the bag go in. What nonsense is that? So the guy then follows again. And now he wants to stop me from continuing with my shopping. Then I look back because I'm like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him have it. Not the bag, but I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. So the, 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 there's, a, there's a manager, a white guy, who, who saw this thing happening. And then he saw that I wasn't paying any mind to them when I came into the store. And then he said to them, no, it's fine. Let him come in. The fact that it took a white person for him to read the situation and understand that the purpose of which they are serving isn't what's happening. It actually hurt. The fact that I was profiled by black people. That is disappointing. It's one thing to be profiled by white people. We expect it. We've grown to expect it. That's certainly the world we are raised in and the world that we are, we are living in, but which we need to change for our kids. So Gothic culture is ingrained. It's ingrained in the way that we live. Hence, our priorities have shifted. We, are, we have made ourselves poor in the choices that we've made. We haven't made the best of decisions. We have, we have done so many things that are disappointing. And it's sad, the lives that we've chosen to make ourselves live. I am, I am so disappointed every single time where I, have to, where I have to justify and make excuses for the poor choices that we're making as black people. It doesn't make sense, doesn't it? There's certain things that we are prioritizing over. We as black people are still obsessed with looking richer than we actually are. That's why we spend so, so much money on branded clothes. Doesn't make sense. So this thing of, I, I don't want to look poor. Why do you want to have this facade? I don't want to look like I need help. I don't want to look like I'm broke. I don't want to look like I'm suffering. I don't want to look like... Who are you hiding from? Guys, we are the people 
that'll spend 3,000 rands on a pair of shoes. 1,000 rands on a trouser. 800 rands on a t-shirt. 300 rand on a cap. That's us. And I'm not referring to Yukotani. I'm not talking about Yukotani. No, not those people. I'm talking about the standard we've set ourselves for what we we deem as the, 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 the culture. It makes no flipping sense, doesn't it? We, we position ourselves as these people who are poorer than they actually are. I don't understand why we're frustrating ourselves so badly in, in, in terms of maintaining an image. So I was fortunate enough when I grew up, I was made to understand that we aren't well off. My mother, when it came to Christmas time, and my mother and my brother, they would take me to Akavents. I used to wear that Jabaru um, label, as they called it. I still have a jersey, <laughs> the hang tang. I still have a jersey, which I wore when I was 13. And yay, I still have it to this day. And I w- wear it. And, 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 and my partner wears it as well. And it's 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 just brings back those fond memories. I would go into Mr. Price and I would pick whatever I want. And for a shoe, they would give me a budget to say, okay, just get a good shoe, a strong shoe. I was never in drug tied with the fact that I need to get something which is a a, a label. Because it was never a measure that was used in my family. For us to understand what prosperity is, expensive clothes. It has never been something that we are aiming for. That just the notion of having clothes was a lot for me. Having something that I liked looking at. I didn't say this store I will not wear clothes from. Today, if you go into a pep store and buy something for me, I'll still be grateful. People make the, 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 the example and say white people can shop everywhere and they're still okay, but yet they are much more rich than we are. But look at us. How did we become the biggest customer for shops like Spitz? As poor as we are. Have you noticed the, 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 the inequality levels in this country? Where 10% have 90% of the wealth. And the 90% are spending it on things that should be uh, spent on by the black people. Sorry, by the 10%. What is wrong with our mentality? Who designed us this way? Why are we so conscious about the image? It doesn't make sense, people. We need to wake up from this nonsense. (laughs) Looking rich does not equate to you being rich. It doesn't make sense at all. My neighbors used to get offended with the fact that uh, there was a time where the, the pump for our water pump broke and we didn't have water. And there were comments to say that she, she's busy buying cell phones, uh, but yet they don't have water. And this thing only lasted for a week. Not understanding that she was using money to invest in the technology that's going to lead us forward. Understanding communication is the way things are happening. As opposed to buying fancy clothes. 
It never made sense. And we are indoctrinating our, our children as, as black people, making them brand uh, conscious, saying that my kid wears Nikes. Nikes to the American uh, masses. I've, I've seen you guys listening. I appreciate you. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it at all. What is it about us that has become this way? And I'm seeing documentaries and I'm seeing how movies project black people from their township and ghettos there. It's the same thing. The love they have for those Jordan and Air Force sneakers is out of this world. What is it about us that cares so much about image? I blew it. I promise you, if a white person is to appear on I blew it, it's going to be because of drugs that led him to that. A black person will blow millions of rand and not come out with an addiction and not come out with a house, come out with nothing. And no drugs were to be blamed. But listen to them speaking about what they spend their money on. Yo! Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get an SP and then I'm going to spend almost 70,000. And then I'm going to get a good I'm sorry I'm saying it in Zulu, but that, that's, that's, that's the truth that I've seen. <laughs> I'm saying nothing about Zulu people. I know there's, there's, there's all kinds of fools in this country of ours. <laughs> yeah, no, no tribe has a monopoly on stupidity. Trust me. <laughs> so, but what is it about us? And then you look at him. The clothes are expensive, but his character isn't. Where, what happened to the sense? Why don't we have sense, guys? We are losing this game. When you receive a windfall of a million, two million, three million, seventeen million, and I've seen recently fifty-six million, we blow it, and not to create business risks that do happen from time to time. That's the reason why when people blow their money, they don't rebuild because they've got a windfall, but their mentality never changed. A person wants to be rich, and they want everyone to see them as rich. And when it runs out, you are still the same fool. You just have a lower, a lesser bank balance. So, classic culture is extremely toxic, isn't it? <laughs> I guess no. And then they asked me, why don't you like living in the Kasi? I said, because I'm not the market. I don't hold myself higher. But I'm simply not the market. I'm not the type to watch somebody getting marked and do nothing about it. It's not who I am. I'm not the kind of person who looks away. That's not who I am. So there's more things to see and engage in. The location. And I love, I love being a part of, of, of the location. I love the vibe, the culture, the humanity that we still have. I love it. But there's things that I absolutely can't stand and I hate with every fiber of my being. It, 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 is, it is sadly so sad that most of us have seen it happening across different sectors of this world. And we are the people who need to change this. We just need to do things differently. We need to fight this gussy culture, guys. Let's teach our peers differently. 
let's let's let, let's speak the truth. Let's let's stop hiding this thing of sparing each other's feelings while we are leading to each other's demise. One of the reasons why this podcast exists today is the fact that I am tired of good, God gifted people are quiet while we are having fools and idiots running amok and having their conversations shared on all manner of platforms. Why we are chastised, <clears throat> why we are resented for speaking about the development of black people. Why we are treated as villains. Intelligence is not a crime. And I resent anyone who treats people as such. Stop it. We have to do better. We are being led by people who are evil. Because good people are, are, are quiet. I'm tired of that. It's time for good people to be given a voice. The African man is under attack. I said it. And you're going to hear this, this, this topic happening time and time again. I'm going to say it again. The African man is under attack. Men, I mean male. I'm not going to enter that, that discussion. Not today. Because everything seems to be stacked against us. We are now being put against each other. We are villainized. Because of the actions of some men, all of us are looked at using one canvas or painted using one canvas. We are under attack. And we are not helping the situation either. The, the, the concept of co-parenting. How did we end up here? Where there are so many of us who found themselves in that situation. Yes, there are so many of us who are abusive. Whether verbally, emotionally or physically, there are those of us who are. But that doesn't excuse for all of us to be treated as though we are abusers. Because not all of us are. The African man is under attack because now in the work, workspace, we are being looked over. It seems to be an offense because you are treated on the same platform saying that you have, historically, males have been working for far longer than women have. Forgetting that we were doing slave labor, forgetting that we were doing the bare minimums. And then the rating is going to put me against a white female. The person who had the very same uh, benefits of privilege that the white males did. And then for some reason, it has become the very same scale that I measured against. It doesn't make sense. We are looked over for positions. We are no longer being developed. I grew up in the time of take a girl child to work. What about me? I didn't do anything for you guys to deserve to be treating me the way that you are. I will grow up to be a father. I will grow up to be an uncle. I will grow up to be all these different roles. But I have not been positioned for them to look at life with a positive outlook. I've been sidelined from so many aspects of development and social consciousness. It doesn't make sense to me. And that's the reason why I say the African male is under attack. 
People are offended when I am true, truly African and I'm masculine. When I'm a traditionalist, I'm attacked for it because of values that I keep. They want to soften me and turn me into something that I'm not. There are roles that I want to see happening and I have a right of choice. And if I can't find a partner who wants to do that, it is fine. And if my partner is willing to do that, it is fine. But if I say I enjoy being treated a certain way, I have a right to be. But what's this nonsense of people trying to be politically correct? We're not even allowed to use certain gender nouns. What nonsense is this? We are being delayed. Trust me, we are being delayed. Because the power of this future rests upon us. We are under attack by the exposure that has been given. Your good works will not be celebrated, young man. I am telling you today. They will not be celebrated. Because there's a narrative that makes it seem as if it is expected of you. When you're doing something good, they treat it as if it's a fish swimming. Of which it is not. Not at all. What nonsense is that? But you need to help the situation. Give them less things to complain about. Stop being deadbeats. Stop being deadbeats. And I know what a deadbeat is. I'm not one. I will never be one. But my father is. Hey. I am making no excuses for those men. If you are standing as a man who runs away from his uh, responsibilities, you brought a child into this world and you ain't done nothing for them, you are a deadbeat. Oflopo. Last number, Eddie Flopo. And I'm not going to excuse it. Because the labors of our fathers, the labors of the generation before them, has made it okay for us to be raised by single mothers as if that's the, that's the standard. Guys, it became normal because so many, so many fathers did it. Now we are seeing people um, publicizing it, making it seem like this is this amazing. No, it's not. Because you are preparing, <laughs> you are preparing for the children to have to labor more to fix what they should have sorted out. Because you didn't play your part. Co-parenting is unfortunately, it's a side effect of the, of the lives we live. We are an increasingly sexually active generation. Oh, ah, we, we, we bench him. <laughs> hey, we, we are tempests of note. We are smashers. We are atheists of each other. <laughs> you, you, hey. All sex before marriage. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> we, we are the specialists of such. And obviously, if you are a listener of this show, I'm assuming you understand where kids come from. <laughs> if, you, if you do not know where kids come from, I will not mind. Switch the channel. You're not the masses. You're not part of the masses. <laughs> no. The culture, this is part of classic culture. 
this is part of the sinful behavior that we are on. I, I make light of it, but it's a serious problem, guys. Very few of us condomize. How oh, How do you know that? Look at the number of kids. Look at the number of STIs being uh, uh, um, transmitted. Guys, we are we are not going further. <laughs> and it's tempting. I've been in those situations myself. I don't want to speak from a place of privilege. I want to speak from a place of experience. I have two kids young. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yo! <laughs> no, no. But truth be told, it, it's a side effect of the culture that we, we find ourselves in. We are not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're not doing what we, we're supposed to have done. And for that reason, we are where we find ourselves, positioned where we are today. It doesn't make sense, guys, eh? We surely can do better. And this is, this is far from what you call better. And I am appealing. I am appealing to you all to realize that as men, you are under attack. But you've weakened yourself. You've not weakened yourself in that you've become demasculined. No, you've weakened yourself because you're not holding yourself in the standard you're supposed to be holding. If you are men enough to initiate the conversation, or share them or to propose then you are man enough to stand for whatever comes out of a relationship. Any single thing that comes out of a relationship, you need to own up for it. As a son of a deadbeat, I wanted to ensure that I never ever have my son saying such things to me. I never have my daughter saying such things to me. My pride will always be intact because I know that myself and their mother have ensured that they have a foundation. My kids will not pay such a thing as black tax. Whether we are alive or we are not, we have made it a point to ensure that they are taken care of and God willing, God blessings will be bestowed upon us to ensure that if not both of us, but one of us is going to make sure that they need to reach where they need to. And when they get started at work, we are not going to be resentful towards them that they are not contributing. We're going to be able to continue with their lives as they will be able to continue with their lives. And the blessing comes, we've had them young. Meaning by the time they finish school, we're still going to be young enough to explore the world. And that's the, 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 the benefit of it. That our lives will continue. So black man, as much as you're under attack, you're weak. And that's why it's easy to attack you. You have no defenses. You're busy planting seeds all across this world. And don't justify it. Don't come with me with the argument of saying women, women are, are easier. No, they haven't been easier. This has always been the situation. Hence, so many deadbeats. Like my father. I will hold no apology. I will not retreat from the statement. I speak from a position of experience. Prove me wrong. We have to do things differently. Stop giving your kids the minimum just because you're not involved with their mother. There are some of you bastards out there who are not taking care of your kids because you're no longer at that time with, your, with their mother. 
as if they stopped being your children when she started when she moved on and started dating other people. Are you mad? Honestly, are you mad? Are you possessed by something? And then you have the audacity to want to have a say as to how they are raised. And you women out there. Yeah, no, today, today I live. And you women out there. You need to hold these niggas accountable. You can't have people doing things they're not supposed to be doing. And then for the sake of upholding peace, what peace? We have to do better. We have to be the fix that the generation needs in order for us to have a world that we're going to be presenting to these kids. Now look at the drug pandemic. The number of crackheads that we're seeing, heroin addicts, heroin addicts. Kali, what are you talking about? I am talking about Nyaope. It's nothing new. Yes, we experienced a lot of it, Kohamaskran. I was there. I remember the first edict from uh, my village. <laughs> Yo, he was even nicknamed after the pill. <laughs> you have no idea. But society is mostly with the single-headed households. We tend to see such problems booming. Side effects of it. Our economy has been captured. The township economy, I says, I mean is that we are captured and we are under attack from all sides. They are not here to kill us, but they are here to take from us and leave us with nothing. I'm talking about all these tax shops. <laughs> it's an infestation. I'm talking about these big grocery chains coming into the location. They're all here to take, but none of them give you dignity. The tuck shops are enablers to the, the situation. They sell to young and old. If it's alcohol, they sell to young and old. If it's uh, cigarettes, they sell to young and old. They don't uphold any of our laws. You're not supposed to be selling to under-18s. But the cultures that we have allowed to thrive, the black man, you are under attack and you deserve to be under attack because you are weak. You stand for nothing except for alcohol, sex, and chisanyam. Because we are supposed to be strong and stand for something of substance. What are we going to be leaving behind? And yes, one of the side effects of having so many drug addicts, the African child is under attack, some of which a, a very high percentage of my peers has, has, has gotten into drugs. We are dying young because we're drinking and driving and speeding and doing all this nonsense. We're killing each other and killing ourselves with the crime rate. Why is it? And then next thing you know, we have a far reach of women who are not taken care of. <laughs> Politics of the stomach, relationships of the stomach. We need to do differently. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I get passionate when it comes to social injustices and social issues. I don't mean to attack. I am passionate because I love this country.
I love the youth. And I want to see us prosper. And I want to see us turning into bigger and better things. I believe in us. We are the masses. We have the numbers. Let's cause the influence. I'm tired of us being ruled by minorities. I'm a believer in democracy. And I also want equality. Fundamentally, that's all I'm asking for. They say white people are not scared of anything except for equality. They can go <coughs> to bungee jumping. They can go to do whatever nonsense. Hey, hiking in a snake-infested trail. They can go swimming with sharks and crocodiles. They don't care. But when I tell them about equality, <laughs> tell them about racism. I know. No. So, I'm pro-African. Always have been, always will be. Hi, guys. <laughs> will Smith. <laughs> There's no segue. I'm, I'm out of time. <laughs> All I want to say is, Will Smith is weak. Swack. Chris made a joke. No? Nah? He laughed at the joke. He turned around and saw her. Ah, uh-uh. no, no, no. Jada isn't having it. And then he wanted to play a hero. I'm not going to go into whether it was planned or stay. Ah, 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 guys. The fact that he laughed and he couldn't stand his ground. This man has been embarrassed far too many occasions, but still he wants to def- defend his family's honor. What honor is there? You remember the entanglement situation? You! And then you want to speak about honor. This man has been dishonored and then he was... Uh, nonsense. So if he's banned and loses roles and whatever, you know what guys, no, he deserves it. If he, that was his initial reaction, I would say to you, oh yes. No, he was offended and he wanted to address the matter and the emotions got the best of him. But the fact that he reacted positively to it because he believed everyone was in on a joke. Nah, I'm buying it. So Will Smith, you're not listening. I'm just going to write an open letter. (laughs) No, sir. You are not setting the example that you ought to be setting. Stand your ground. Stop being a simp, man. To Chris. Now, Chris is one person who definitely can take a slap, yo. Yo. That man was slapped, and the only thing you could say was, wow. No fight back. No retaliation. Nothing. He took it like a man. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) Yo. I know. I think it's in his name, Chris Rock. The nigga took a stone-faced slap. <laughs> he wasn't shaking at all. <laughs> so with that being said, guys, I was going to touch on why I left Secunda, but you... Eh, it's complicated. I left it because I, I, I didn't feel welcome. I left it because I didn't feel loved. I left it because I was betrayed. I left it because I, I, I couldn't share with anyone. I left it because I didn't have any friends there. 
I left it because I was no longer appreciated in the workspace. I left it because there was nothing for me left in Zekunda. I left it because I was defeated in love. I left it because I was overlooked. I left it because nothing captured the essence of who I am. I wasn't inspired to be in Zekunda. I left it because of people. I left it because of a few individuals. I left it because of one person I loved. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> With that being said, guys, it's been such a great episode. Yo, <laughs> I had fun. <laughs> so, guys, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Please share. Please share. Let's spread the message. Let's build the masses. Um, the next episode, I promise you, I will drag her onto the show. If she's not there, she will be here. So, guys, I would like to introduce to you one of these days to our co-host Amora. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. I've enjoyed shooting the show. Please like, share, subscribe. Special mention to those who've been supporting. Smonello, I see you, boy. Appreciate the love given. I see you, sir. Appreciate the love. Ritimetsi. Bridget, I see you. Barori, I see you. Uh, Vic, my brother. <laughs> this episode, I see you, sir. I see <laughs> to the masses out internationally, I appreciate you guys. We have a few in Istanbul. Uh, to those in America, I see you. We have an Afri African I've seen in two countries. Uh, please comment so I can uh, shout you guys. Um, yeah, we have one in Mozambique and one in Namibia. Guys, thank you so much. This has been another episode of the Mass Event Podcast. My name is Kaleem. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.